With RCB still top of the table after this week's IPL action, welcome to episode 11 of Bat 8 Don't Bowl, where we are going to unpack some more of the cricket that's happened over the last week. And most of it, really, has been about the IPL. With a, a game a day and a double header on Wednesday, we've, uh, we've had a lot to watch alongside the county kick cricket. But let's start where we started with RCB, because they are kind of blowing this competition out of the water at the moment. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I can't believe I, I'm beginning to think I might have to concede um, that the, the, the big dogs of the IPL are finally firing in one of the seasons. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but the addition of another big dog in Glenn Maxwell has finally and well and a few death bowlers that, that does help. Don't forget about Kyle. Yeah, no, he, he's a very big dog. He is he's a very enormous. He is enormous. Yeah, he's massive, isn't he? Marshall Patel's making him look 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 average. Mm. Yeah, he bowled he bowled quite well. Um bowled well bowled today. Quite well in the in the game. Obviously we so we're recording this on Thursday. So when I say today, I mean yeah. but he did bowl very well today. Um his height really came in handy. This is the first well it was RCB's first game away from Chennai and I think it really showed Chennai is quite a dead pitch. And um, Kyle's size, mate, he's huge. He he's just pinged massive. it in. It, it's, he doesn't even need to bowl it that quick. Like, every ball is a bouncer when you're coming in from that height. It's just a movement that he gets, isn't it? That's really difficult to, to deal with. And I think in the first game, he bowled really well, didn't he? Because, as you said, Chennai was a bit, you know, a bit pacier. and hadn't been as used as much, you know, because it's obviously it's been used very, very often the last few weeks. I and mean, then moving on to a new pitch, he was like he was a new bowler again, you know, getting that bounce that's quite difficult to deal with. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a, another complete performance, really. I said Rajasthan batted right towards the end. You know, their Indian lads getting a couple of 40s, Tuatia getting a, a quick 40 at the end as well. But then Paddock Allen and Coley today were just different gravy. I think Coley's now the, f- the first person to pass 6,000 IPL runs. Um but I think it's a bit of a coming out party for Padakal. I wouldn't be surprised if he um, plays the next T20 series for India because I think he's been he was magnificent last year. He had a really good Ranji Trophy and um, the domestic one day a campaign think- for his team as well. And he was just 100, 101 off fifty two today was a, was just magnificent to watch. I think um, just going back to the Rajasthan Royals, I think they're really struggling without Stokes and Archer. Obviously, Archer's still a maybe. He might come back, but I think England will probably be pushing for him not to join that team and get him to bowl in the Test Series. But, you know, without Stokes and Joss Butler not firing, and to be honest, other than Samson's ton last, was it last week? One of the first, their first game, wasn't it? Yeah, well, their first game. No one in their batting lineup was really, really fired. They got saved a little bit. Um today in their lower order by um, some of their Indian players, but no one, none of their internationals seem to be worth the, worth the money they've flown him in for at the moment. Yeah, Josh is really struggling at the moment. Uh, obviously, he's a world-class player, and um, yeah, I think he struggled at the start of the last IPL and, and got it back towards the end. But yeah, you're right. I think Stokes and Joffre definitely. I think Joffre just adds so much, especially in T20 cricket. He's arguably probably the best death bowler in the world. With his, you know, one person who consistently nails his Yorkers bowling 95 mile an hour, and we forgot the handy lower order runs he got for them last year as well. You know, really, really bad, really nicely at the lower order, giving it the long handle, and you know, getting a couple of quick 30s towards the end. 
Um, but obviously Stokes is a massive miss as well. The Bucks gun with the back, gun with the ball, and gun in the field. So that's a huge miss for them. But they really, they really have seemed to misfire this year. They just haven't got to go in, to be honest, in in all facets. And I think their bowling really lacks a lacks a strike bowler without Jofra. As you said, you know Chris Morris might have won in the game the other night with the bat, but just going the distance with the ball again today, going at nearly thirteen and over. I but I like said, well, well their, only- last, their last card to play, you know. They're- if Chris Morris doesn't do anything and Joss is out early, that's it. Yeah. We we should be talking about this Chris Morris, shouldn't we? I mean, they was it 2.2 million they paid for us? Yeah. Really? I mean, they've played four games so far. He's got two not out, two for 41. 36 not out, one for 27. That was probably his best game. Uh, they played um, the Delhi Capitals and won by three wickets. Um, Chris Morris came in at the end and hit a few bombs. That's the, um, only, of the, that's the only game they've won, though. Yeah, and that's the only game they've won, and that was largely because Rishabh Pant ran himself out when he was gunning on like fifty <laughs> or not out, and he just goes and kills himself off. But he's still young. He is still he's a good player, isn't he, Rishabh Pant? He <laughs> uh, yeah, they they just look they are really really struggling. They they are really I think it showed that they are really quite reliant on the English players, um, and their international replacements when those two English players have been missing perhaps aren't really up to standard. You know, you're replacing Jofra with, with all due respect, like Mustafizur Rahman, uh, and then you're replacing uh, Stokes with David Miller, who's obviously, you know, he's been in and around South African teams for a while now, but, you know, he's, he's not your X-Factor Stokes, is he? Um, and then you've got Chris Morris, you know, third game, naught, two for 33, and then today, 10, naught for 38 off his three overs. I know he's. I know his pockets are bloody heavy at the moment. But he's, you know, he's running in with a hell of a lot of coin in his pockets. But how how on earth can we say he's worth that much money? I, well, we we mentioned at the start. So I think when when this first came about, that we thought it was a a baffling decision. I think that's only really been shown the last couple of weeks. I think you know he, he's probably going to win you the odd game. But as we said, it's more likely with the bat at the moment, which is strange because. He's in there to essentially replace what Joffre was doing for them last year. You know, bat seven or eight, whack it when he can. And then, you know, he's got to bowl the hard overs, get some wickets early on and come back in and, and keep it tight. And he hasn't really done either of those things. And as we said at the start, we thought that it was a bit of a bit of a strange decision. And, you know, good, good on him for getting that kind of money. But, you know, he's really not, he really hasn't fired and... I, I mean, argue you could argue that he was the reason they won when they won the game with the bat at the end and, you know, that sort of thing, which is all well and good. But as I said, he, I, I think he's there to be more of a bowler, more of a bowling threat. And he hasn't really looked like a threat at all. Like today, he just got dismissed, you know, every time he bowled. And I don't think that's good enough for a man you're spending that much money on. Yeah, we. I do think they can, they've obviously come up against a very very in form and confident RCB today. Uh, as we said, RCB just look a completely different side to what they have in recent years. Um, well, to, to every other side in the tournament yeah. so far. Well, yeah, there is that, you know, but I think if you look at the table now, you, obviously every it's good because every team has now played four games after today. And the top four at the moment, there's a pretty, pretty convincing case that they're going to be the top four at the end of this tournament because those bottom four teams have looked average so far you know you've got Rajasthan oh, at the bottom of those just on the subject on the of those bottom 
bottom four teams. The Punjab Kings, right? They've and I, and I, I'm slightly getting David Milan in here because uh, I I obviously trashed him a little bit in the India series. And um, where is he? They're not well, even playing. They've got. I I this this is something that I have a problem with. I think I've had a problem with it for the last few years, and it's something I've talked about. The amount. So Kale Rahul will score a lot of runs this year in the IPL. Not yet. But he, well, he got. But the problem is, is what he, he does. What he did the other night, where he gets fifty off forty-eight balls, and you and you, and then he'll accelerate and get maybe ninety off 65, 70. But he lost them the game the other day because he's lit. He's lit. It was the slowest IPL fifty of all time that they wish people weren't talking about. I say he does it so often because I think a lot of the Indian players will try and stat pad in the IPL to to get a gig, which is fair enough, yeah. But what people will think, they'll think, oh, you know, he's gone and he's got 90 off 70 balls. But that's taken up nearly 60% of the innings, whereas nobody else can really get going then. And I think he did it the other night where he literally suffocates the batsman at the other end. I know we talk about David Milan doing it as well, but at least David Milan has consistently scored runs all the time. And it's only recently in India where that became a problem. But before that, when he was playing over here, he was getting 60 off 30 balls, 100 off 60 balls, that sort of thing, which is fine. But like literally, KL Rahul has, has, has killed them again the other night. But and it just goes back to what we were talking about when we were watching David Milan play. You know, in T20 cricket nowadays, you've got to be looking to score 180, 200 almost every game. And if you're soaking up those balls early on, you just you don't have the opportunity. And is there a place for batsmen like that in certainly, in, well, certainly in T20 internationals, but maybe the IPL as well? I, I think it's probably not now. Um, I, I, I still think David Milan's fantastic, and I really I don't see why he's not getting the He's the number one T20 batsman in the world. Like, how is he not playing in that side of the moment? Um, especially when no one's scoring runs, literally no one for their team scored any considerable runs yet. And it's nice to have Chris Gale in there, but he's about as mobile as my left leg at the moment. So, did you see in the game... Um... Yesterday, um, I, I can't remember. Oh, they were playing the Sunrisers. There was a, a he was standing in the slips. Honestly, he, he just can't. He can't. You can't play him anywhere. Two steps, and he was concrete <laughs> to the floor. He just watched it bounce into his hands. He literally just can't. He can't move, and uh, he's a fantastic player, and has been a fantastic player. But they're also sticking him at three, which gives him no chance to settle his eye in. So he has to come in, and after he's watched. KL Rahul pat ball back for 20 balls and he's got to come in and tee off from the start whereas Chris whereas Chris Gale's the complete opposite what we talk about is Chris Gale might be you know three or three or five off seven or eight balls but then he'll be 50 off 20 because he just take, he likes to get his eye and then he'll just swing for everything which is fine but you know it's just I think it's just killing the team at the moment but as you said I think there's a lot of teams at the bottom of that table that aren't looking great like even you'd say Mumbai are in fourth at the moment haven't looked great at all as much as I backed them to to win the tournament again and I think you know arguably the next best side in the tournament Chennai would be better off if their captain didn't play <laughs> so <laughs> that's think, that's the thing though any gap like we've got we've got Mumbai who haven't really even turned up yet and they're still in fourth yeah, well, I'm waiting for the Night Riders to turn up as well. I just, I don't really know what's going on with Owen Morgan, but there's calls for him to lose the captaincy and all sorts. He's really they did, this, they did that to Dinesh Karthik last year, didn't they? He dropped, they gave the captaincy to Owen Morgan after like four games last year. But Owen Morgan, as we've said, is probably the best captain in the world. So struggling I mean, for form with the bat though at the moment happens. 
But none of the rest of the team's getting any runs, are they? So Yeah, fair cop. This is the thing though, like we as you say with the with the Kings, you've got you've got KO at home. I mean, what is he doing? Like, he's so slow. He was fifty or forty five balls the other day, and you've got I mean, who have you got in at three, two, three, four, and five for them? You've got Deepak Huda, who who's absolutely whacked it around the other day. You've got Chris Gale at three and Nicholas Peran, who only hit sixes. He's got nine runs this tournament, though. Four, three ducks and a nine. <laughs> yeah, he's not in the finest nick. But all, but that's the thing. He's coming in having to hit yeah. rapid runs when most of the innings has gone already. Chris Gale never gets off the mark quickly like, anymore. He, he takes a few balls these days. Yeah, He's got that ability to accelerate, obviously. But he takes a few balls. And when, like, when you've got these players in the sight, there's a lot of pressure on... The likes of Deepak Huda, Puran, and Shahrukh Khan, who's only in the side because he's got the same name as a Bollywood actor. <laughs> I, I actually think CSK and, and Chennai, I, I don't know, we sort of put them down as the, well, I certainly put them down a bit as the, like the joke team, the, the one that rounded everyone up who was left at the end. They're back um, together, aren't they? Well, <laughs> the band seemed to be doing pretty well. Um, oh, machine. Oh, I love I love the fact that Donny's just putting himself about four when there's no no need for him to do it yesterday. Oh, a strong captaincy, you know. I, actually, I'll say I, 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 I Owen Morgan that. has got a rival for for good captaincy. I think in MS Donny, I think he's a brilliant leader. Yeah, he is. But is, but my my thing would be: is he worth his place in the team at the moment? Like, right. I, I'm as much as ever, as much as he is an icon, as much as Owen Morgan is. It. I'd yeah, say but Owen, when was the last time Donny scored any runs? At least Owen Morgan scored runs the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, but it's fun to watch MS Donny still be able to hit a six. Like, it's majestic. Yeah, but it takes him about like 40 balls. Your, it's like watching your dad go out in a club game and score 50. It's just it's sick. Like, you just want to stand on the boundary and clap. Yeah, but he got 17 off 18 the other day and got out oh, trying to high one up the ground. You wait, you wait. He'll, he'll have a couple of 50s by the end of the tournament. He's got experience. Unagi. <laughs> the bloke's probably got about 20 years of goodwill in India though yeah he? yes, yeah he's going to be in that Chennai side when he's 64 <laughs> he's never leaving that so he'll still be buying four as well yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah I don't know if you heard the stat the other day but the commentary came out with an absolute belter he hadn't NS Dhoni hadn't hit a six or Sunil Narayan in the IPL ever or, or he hadn't hit I don't know it wasn't even a six it was a boundary off Sunil Narayan in the IPL it, it literally, it had taken him, how many balls was it? 63 balls before his innings the other day. And he actually did get one off him the other day, which was an outside edge. So, <laughs> so, so he's now uh, one boundary in 65 balls against Sunil Narayan, which I great. thought was great. But great strike, it, did great. Th- it did get me thinking. And I don't know if it's just me. Now, Sunil Narayan's obviously, he's got all this, He was the, he's almost the original mystery bowler, if you like, in the, he was sort of the first one who started all this weird stuff with his wrist and hiding the ball behind himself and stuff like that. But he then got done for having an illegal action and he came back and started getting a bit panning around in quite a few of the tournaments he was playing in. So it got me thinking, every time he bowls well in the IPL, it's almost like it's in these IPL contracts that they have to make Sunil Narayan look really good. <laughs> because they were getting absolute. I think CSK got, what, 220 and Sunil yeah. Narayan went at 8.7 or something like that. And that's, only, yeah. and that's only because he got taken a hold of in his last over. Of yeah. those 220, Faf du got like 102 of them. 95 red, wasn't he? What player? 
Was he 95? The yeah. best rig in cricket still. As we... <laughs> By a long way. Although, I have to say, the, 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 another, I mean, we, we touched on it in pretty much all of the IPL chats that we've had so far, and that the Indian players do sort of win you the tournament. Yeah. Uh, and Rutteraj Gaekwad, he batted really well up at the top. Oh, he had, he had some unbelievable drives off Cummins. Yeah. Just a proper sexy old school cover drive through the through the cover. And I was like, yeah, this lad can play. This is what I mean. Like, you've got, me in the series. You've got IPL, you've got young not been great. Indian kids taking these like Aussie quicks to the clip. The Australians aren't doing well. Well, Cummins did, has done better with the bat, than not he? It's the high score by somebody batting lower than eight in IPL cricket. Eight or low. Yesterday, 65. He turned Sam Curran got a bit tapped, didn't he? Bless him. After getting the massive wicket of Dre Rats bowled around his legs. Do you see that? Dre Rats just left one on leg stump. Unbelievable. Sam Curran gave a massive spray as well. I was like, Jesus Christ, he just literally just left a leg stump half volley. It it should have been in like row Z or something like that. But Dre Rats has decided, you know what, I'm going to leave that and try and get the wide. (laughs) It's hit, hit middle and leg. Let's get back in. Let's give Sam some credit. Yeah. He got whacked by Pat Cummins after that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this is the thing. But I think Pat Cummins, I mean, he's probably one of the... Aside from Glenn Maxwell, who's who's in the big dog 11, you've not really got any of the Australians going well at all. Steve Smith's not going to run so far. Warner's not. Warner's got... Warner's a got a couple of 50. Warner's, Warner's got a 50, I think. Uh, that's You'd expect that from Warner pretty much every year in the IPL, wouldn't you? And then... You've got some of these new new lads that have come in on sort of pretty big money, especially the lads for the Punjab Kings. Who... I, I liked, uh, in fairness to Jai Richardson, I, I, I think Jai Richardson's a very good bowler. I think it's just very difficult to come over to India and bowl for the first time. Like in, in Australia, he was brilliant in the big bash because when you hit the deck, you get that bit of carry, don't you? And he's quick. But over here, it just skids on. And it's really difficult, isn't it? But um, Riley Meredith, just his length over here, uh, over here, I say in India, it's just been way too short, and and you can't get away with that. But he's just done it in every game, and he just gets panned. Then you, you should be learning. And, but then Kane Richardson came in for RCB today and bowled really well. Yeah. But that bloke, he's a very canny T20 bowler. And he's done it a lot, hasn't he? So I think it's something that Jai Richardson definitely. I think he's a very good player. But the Aussies, I said, some of them just aren't really. Straight. I'm surprised Zampa is Zampa out there. Or is he injured? Uh, he's with the RCB, I think. So oh, like, okay. he's not getting in the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said he's another fantastic T20 bowler. not getting a look. And Stoinis has had an average tournament, and I like Stoinis a lot. Um, but yeah, they, apart from you know, as you said, Maxwell Cummins has played okay, and well, Kane Richardson on the back of one performance. So the, a lot of the Aussies really haven't performed. Yeah, I, I think. Um... As you say, Stoinis is another player with an absolutely massive chest, incidentally, which is... Uh, he is he is, he is, is a big boy. <laughs> he is a very big boy. I'd like to see him and Johnny Bairstow back together. It's just a battle of the chest. I think that'd be... I, I don't know what they talk about. They probably talk about benching in between overs, I think. Like King Kong taking on... Well, King Kong. Yeah. yeah pretty much. King Kong versus Godzilla again. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Stein is a bit of a rare... Him and Zampa, and they've got a bit of a bromance, and they all say that they're very rare, rare customers, which I like. I like people who are weird, so I'll right. be keen to see what he's like. like nice. Pulls off the mullet well, though, doesn't he? Should we talk about some uh, cricket closer to home? Why not? Up the championship. 
RCB are obviously going to win the IPL, so we don't need to talk about that anymore. And Hampshire are going to win the county championship, so... Yeah, it's looking good for Hampshire against Middlesex at the moment. Mohamed Abbas, my God. People must be out. They've got nightmares. They had nightmares last year because bloody Kyle Abbott's bottom from one end, but at least he can... I said, they, they were getting away with it. And now you've got Mohamed Abbas who gets a hat-trick and the five wickets within two and a half overs the other day. Middlesex for 14 for five. All out for 38. It must be an absolute nightmare because they were all jaffers as well, weren't they? He just literally runs in. It's, it nibbles it just enough. Nips one back into the pad. You're gone. Nips one away. You nick off. Like, he's just... Different gravy, and then it allows their batsmen to pile on a load of pressure. And their batsmen have been doing a great job of that, you know, getting 600 in the first game, and then a, a nice innings from me in Holland, 140 odd, not out, you know, put them in a really good position. And then him doing the damage with the ball as well, because everybody kind of worries about Abbas and Abbott at the top. They kind of, I would say, probably relax a little bit when the change bowlers come on, and then that allowed Holland to pick up three cheap wickets and bowl really well as well. So I, I, I just think out of all the games I've watched so far, they look by far and away the the most complete outfit at the moment. Like, I, you know, all their top order are getting runs. Their bowling attack is second to none. I think it's going to be really difficult to beat them. Well, they look like they're going to pretty comprehensively um, win their group. Uh, yeah. And, and probably go through with, with Gloucestershire. Yeah, well, they're 290 for three against Gloucester today as a recording. Ian Holland getting a, another 100 and Tom Allsop getting his second 100 of the season as well. So, you know, and that's against Gloucester who have been the next best side. in. Well, certainly in that group anyway, the only other team to to win both the games at the start. Having a great win against Somerset last year in the West Country derby. James Bracey, Loughborough lad, getting a 180-odd red. Um, last week in another pretty good game. But as I said, I think... You know, even against Gloss, who are pro- arguably probably the second best side on form. You know, they're putting them to the cleans at the moment, but obviously it's just it's day one, so you can't really say. Um, but yeah, shame about Glamorgan, though. Uh, tough loss last week, although Kieran Carlson being the first Welshman to score twin hundreds in their game until 2005. So, you know, it's not... I said, there's a lot of positives to take from Glamorgan's performances at the moment, I think. The batting's been okay, and the the bowling was a bit suspect last week, which, you know, last year the bowling was probably the thing that saved us. But it's nice to see that some of our middle order and, and lower order are put in a good shift for the bat. So hopefully our bowlers can can pull it back. The difficult one for me there, because um, they did they did just lose to Sussex after, mm. after an enormous over. Um, most of that was from Ollie Pike. Cheers, lad. Um, well. Well, I tell you what, Leicestershire have been given a serious bum steer in the first two games of this county championship, haven't they? So not only did they get panned around in the first game, but they decided, you know what, we're going to put you up against the Ray this time. So head down to London and you can have 672 put on you in the first innings. All right, cheers, lads. Ollie Pope getting 200 lots. Good to see, uh, although, to be fair, we did we did mention that Pope was out of Nick last week, so it's good of him to get a nice big double ton this week. Too. Yeah, like, nice for him to shove my face in it, isn't it? You know, after I said, oh, he looks like he's really struggling. Um, he obviously listens to the podcast and just wanted to prove us wrong. So, um, Ollie, Ollie, thanks for listening, mate. If you ever want to come on, just let us know. <laughs> another, another player we mentioned last week was Joe Root, and he went and got a ton as well. So, um, well, it's just, set, it's just settling back into English conditions, aren't they? If we give someone a shout on this podcast, maybe they're going to go well in the next week, which is uh, which is nice. Well, I, I so if I give myself a shout because our league starts back next week, do you think I'm going to score some runs? Oh, this I, I did I did 
want to touch on this actually because we, all of the uh, all of our the best level of cricket there is. Yeah. Saturday league cricket is back. I'm so excited. Ah. I can't wait to get clean bowled by 14 year old legs bear. <laughs> it was the first game last week. I didn't manage to get a game in. I, I actually netted for the first time this evening. And I'm already, How are you feeling? Already got a touch of the April stiffness going on. So, uh, yeah, not going not gonna to be good tomorrow. Not looking forward to it. But I uh, managed to swindle my way in this weekend. So, I'm going to turn up on a stretcher, I think. Mm. Nice. A few loosenings. Bit of a run around, run around in the field. Well, the first four I bowled this evening didn't actually land. So, that's all right. Yeah, the batsman deserved it, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's exciting to have cricket back. And also, I think, like, obviously, we're still in a pandemic. So it would be nice to be able to play and see other people and remember to sanitize the ball every six overs. Mm-hmm. It's a great bit of carry on, though, isn't it? Like, it's just, just nice to have it back, isn't it? So we, we take the piss, but it's going to be great to get back out there. Pubs are opening in Wales uh, simultaneously as well. So. Nice of you to join us there, guys. Yeah, I know. A little bit behind the little bit behind the ball, but you know everyone's excited, aren't they? So we'll be fine. Yes, yeah, we're getting a few beers. Um, any any news on the the hundreds coming up pretty soon? Um, well, no, no PR disasters this week was there, which is nice. Seen as the European, I thought it'd been a little bit better of the hundreds. That what I thought is after the whole hoopla with the European Super League this year, they should have just got all their dumb ideas out in those two days because nobody would have get. <laughs> That's quite a good idea, actually. I'd actually be quite keen for the hundred to take on a bit of a European Super League, and uh, you know, a couple of the teams can just drop out. <laughs> we're not fancying this anymore and then it'll all just fall apart and who's going to be the, what I want to know is who's going to be the Florentino Perez of the 100 Hugh Morris stay, stay in there till the till the last breath sort of thing Hugh Morris 100% <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the 100 I'm still going to be positive about it I thought they started really strong the marketing team absolutely crushed it they had me buzzing and obviously we talked about some of the silly things they did last week but um, fingers crossed, it's all going to go ahead uh, without any more silliness. Oh, you, I see, hopefully you you think that they would have learned from last week, and learned that fan backlash can can have a can have a big impact as it did with the football this week. I I, I still think well, obviously I think the hundred's going to go ahead. I think it, as we said as we talked about last week, I would love for it to be a success, and you know wish it all the best in the world. But it certainly doesn't help itself at times, does it? But. You know, it's just, but I think it's just nice to see the the quality of cricket, though. I think that's been the best thing about this is, you know, with the hundred coming up and a lot of lot, obviously there's been no T Twenty and and white ball stuff yet, but the quality of the red ball cricket this year has been really high, as you said. You know, a load of stand up performances, Ollie Pope's two hundred, James Vince's two hundred, a bass bowling like a dream, and and things like that. Loads of Darren Stevens rolling back the years once again. Uh, it's just nice to have cricket back and. Nice to see so many varied performances because I think usually around this time of year you would expect all the bowl. Well, Ollie Robinson, as I spoke last week, went against Glamorgan, taking nine wickets in that second innings. One of the best bowling performances I've seen in a long time on a fairly flaccid pitch. He was remarkable, and to take thirteen wickets in that game as well. Like as I've said, I've been quite effusive in my praise of him. I really think he should play Test cricket. Like as soon as possible. I think he, if he, if it was me, I would play in a test match tomorrow. I'd play him. Um, I think he's that good, uh, especially over here. Um, 
but yeah, there's been so many varied and different performances, and it's nice to see not having the ball dominate like it normally does in April and May, and seeing some of the batters get some nice runs behind them as well. Um, some of them just, have been locked up indoors for so long; they just want to get out and smash. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just got on <laughs> leather it around, just have a bit of fun. One one question I, I want to put to both of you is obviously like I mean it's cricket related, but it's also um, a bit COVID related. Obviously, we've seen like in India things are getting pretty bad with COVID. They're experiencing their second wave, bang in the middle of this IPL. And we did talk about the fact that the IPL probably shouldn't go ahead, or we didn't. We thought it would only last a, a week or something like. That. It's still going. Yeah. Are we? Do you think we're going to see the end of this competition? It's got about a week left, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does seem to go. Uh, I think the difference is over there. It, it's. I think if it was a, a competition anywhere else in the world, I would say yes. But because it's so fanatical over there for cricket, like over it, as we've spoken about before, probably even more than it is for football in a lot of countries. I just can't see them cancelling it. Um, you know, as I said, it'd be like the Premier League cancelling the Premier League, and I just don't see that happening. So I think it's going to go ahead, regardless of how people feel about um, certain, you know, certain parameters and 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 COVID. You know, I I think they're going to crack on it and and try and go ahead with it. Yeah, I think they they clearly believe that they've got a good setup going in Chennai and Mumbai, don't they? Um, even though I think those are perhaps some of the more worst affected areas of India. Which is um, well, it might coincide with the fact that they did have fans in the stadium. <laughs> it's got—it's just a coincidence, Ed. But um, you know, uh, yeah, I think as Gaff says, they could—they could have like hospital beds and ventilators on the street, and MS Dhoni would still be getting fifteen off twenty balls. At, <laughs> there's no way. I don't think there's any way that they're going to stop this. Like, you know, the money in this for India is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So. What's COVID, eh? <laughs> oh, I, I almost completely forgot to talk about some of the biggest news of the week. And uh, that is uh, Smith's role in the um, Ed Smith. It's gone. It's oh, the, yeah. That's the a... selector role has been abolished. For the first time in 120 years, which is strange. Which is that, that kind of implies that there was one and then it got abolished and then there was another one and then that continues for 120 <laughs> years and then they abolish it. Like, yeah. And it's strange because, well, Ed Smith has probably presided over our most successful period, especially white ball wise. Well, he I presided over the World Cup, didn't he? I'm not sure if it's even necessarily Ed Smith that they've they're trying to get rid of. I think it's just the overall selectors' role, isn't it? Yeah, looks like it. It's just a uh, it's just a bit of a grace period before they announce the uh, three members of the Bat Eight Don't Bowl podcast as the next England uh, selection. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard on Twitter that's anyway. what I've heard yeah. I'm interested to see how this affects things like squad rotation and whether or not because traditionally they've sort of had the captains very involved in the selecting side but they've not really had the final say as such and Joe Root's always been outspoken of leaving it to the selectors but do you think now they're going to call upon the captain and say it's up to you to pick your squad And well it's like that in Australia isn't it like Australia the captain was the chief selector for a while, wasn't he? I think, or he was on the selectors panel, so he'd get more of a say. Um, but I don't really know. I don't really know, kind of like what the new system is going to entail. But I would imagine that Joe Root's going to have a quite a big say, or the captains of either side are going to have a big say. So I think this is very much 
um, a good opportunity for some and a ho- uh, probably a horrible day for others. Like, for example, I don't think Alex Hales now, if it does go down the, the line of the captains pick the squads, I don't think Alex Hales is ever going to play for England again. <laughs> Do you not think Rooty? Do you not think Rooty would fancy a night out with Alex Hale? Oh, probably not after last time. So, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think I think the, the two captains are very different in the way they do things, aren't they? I think Roots seemingly a bit more of a laid-back character. You know, he's less involved with selection, whereas I think Owen Morgan pretty much picks his own side. Yeah, I think so. Um, and has a lot of say in what's going on, and that. Is pretty much why Alex Hales isn't in the um, ODI T Twenty sides. Yeah. Uh, so whether Root goes down that, whether Root goes down that route, there we hey. go. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but we may see a little bit more in terms of if we did bring in um, a little bit of squad rotation, especially for the upcoming New Zealand series. I don't think that would be the worst thing. As we said, I think there's a lot of people sort of chomping at chomping a bit out there in county cricket at the moment. Gaff wants all. Gaff is the leading member of the Ollie Robinson fan club. So. Yeah, I, 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 I just think that he's been so impressive for so long. He's taken wickets every year. He bats a bit as well. He's almost like a like for like replacement with Jimmy. And I think he had a really good tour last time we went out to England. He was in the England Lions and he took loads of wickets against Australia A out in Australia as well, which I thought was a really good sign. But just watching him bowl on that flaccid pitch the other day, it was just remarkable. And I think he just has to be the next. Cab off the rank for me. I think it'd be. In, I think it'd just be an injustice if he wasn't the next man to to bowl for England. Well, I, I think you've probably just put forward a, a great CV there for being the next selector. Yeah, for ECB or certainly getting put in consideration for whatever the position is. Um, yeah, you know, I, I can't confirm or deny whether I've been offered a position yet, but you know, I, I, I I'd be expecting one in the post sometime soon. Yeah, I'm sure and we'll. we'll well, we'll um, we'll ask um, you and uh, any of our listeners to send in who they'd select for their squads, and um, we'll pass them on to the ECB committee for consideration. Yeah, I'll give Rudy a ring later and see what he says. Cheers, boss. If the ECB did want to uh, just slide into our DMs or something like that, offer the roll up, then we we wouldn't necessarily say anything about it, would we? No, uh, we were no, we'd be very discreet. We're free on Wednesday and Thursday evenings. Yeah, um, we are. Just uh, if ECB want to fill, obviously it's a part-time role. I assume they don't play cricket all the time, do they? Yeah, right. I think I think what we'd have to say is if when or if we do get off the job, that it'd be nice if there was a clause written in there that when the Barmy Army go out to Australia, that we get front row seats to every game um, and get to enjoy it with the fans as well. Whilst doing a podcast on the side, I think you know we got got to give the fans what they want, and perhaps there could even be an episode of the podcast where we ring people in and they decide completely what the squad is. I think it's it, a good could idea. Be, it could be somebody who's averaging two in the championship or something like that, but you know it'd be just completely decide it. It's all about the pitch, though, isn't it? It's Dragon's Den style almost. Yeah, exactly. Look, look for the opportunity. Yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll leave it up to to you guys to um, decide who's going to play in the next test, um, but. In terms of deciding he's coming on the, the podcast next, that is still up to us. That uh, is. And next week, we've got someone someone special. Gavin, would you like to tell the listeners about our, our next week's guest so they can get as excited as we are? Yeah, well, this this man has had a fantastic start to the county championship season, as we've mentioned already. Two hundreds, uh, back-to-back hundreds of 50 as well in the first game. Um, 
I believe he's up there with the highest run scorers in the championship at the moment and a very handy all-rounder, uh, a man who was born in Australia, now lives in Hampshire and represents his international side, USA. Captain America himself, Mr. Ian Holland of Hampshire, is going to be joining us next week. And we are very honoured and looking forward to talking to him and asking him some questions. Of course, um, there's always room in that question list for some of your questions so please do drop us a comment or a message and we'll put out a tweet and something on instagram as well so get in touch at uh bat eight underscore don't bowl and we will see you or i guess hear you what elliot you're so excited what do you want i think we need a few predictions lads for what just just about to close the podcast what do you want just what's going to happen in the next week RCB are going to absolutely storm it as continued. CSK are going to come a nice second. And I don't think Bairstow can carry on um, getting runs. Uh, Bangladesh are going to win their first ever test match in Sri Lanka. They got 474, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my bold prediction for this week. They're going to win their first ever test in Sri Lanka. What about yours, Elliot? I think the Chennai Super Kings <laughs> and the band, the boys are going to beat the RCB and take the uh, take the unbeaten record off the uh, the bangers. Oh, this is this is. I can just see it now. Donny gets seventy odd red off about thirty balls. Right, just... well, we'll see. We'll, we can come back. We can come back in a week's time, and uh, well, I guess we'll start with the RCB soundtrack again. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs>